well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. I just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to Him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. Certainly good to see everyone today. Thank you for being here. And if you're visiting, we certainly appreciate uh, your presence. Now, when you hear some good news, what do you want to do? I think most of us want to share it. We want to tell it when we hear some good news. Uh, this past week, a uh, little fellow that's on our prayer list, uh, Claude Patrick, uh, he's the great-grandson of Stuart Rain, but uh, he's been battling health issues ever since he was born. But they took him to Birmingham uh, this, uh, this past week, and, uh, and the mother sent me a text saying uh, the reports were all good about little Claude Patrick. You know, she wanted to share that good news, you know, with me. And, of course, we all enjoyed her sending that good news about little Mary Beth and Elizabeth. I mean, that is something you want to, uh, you're just ready to, uh, to share, you know, that, that good news, you know, when you, uh, you know, when you hear it. The last couple of weeks, uh, Andrew and Eric have delivered some powerful lessons. They talked about communion, talked about our Jesus earnestly desiring to eat that Passover feast with his disciples. I talked about the resurrection, the heart of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And certainly that is the good news that, that we want to share with people with whom we encounter on a daily, on a daily basis. Hebrews 2 raises the question, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That salvation is a great salvation. Now, we often use that word great. That was a great catch. You did a great job. You look great. That was a great movie. I mean, we use that, that term, you know, pretty consistently. But this morning, I want us to reflect on three great biblical C's that I think is part of our response you know, to the good news that we have been talking about the last couple of weeks. Number one is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus talks about authority. He said all authority had been given uh, to him. He talks about an activity that we are to do what? Go make disciples of all the nations. And finally, he talks about an ability. We go with the authority behind us, and the ability comes from his promise to be with us always. So we have a statement of authority, a statement of mission a statement concerning the teaching of Jesus, and finally, the promise of his continual presence with us. So the call is to go, not stop, to make disciples of all, not just some, and we are in this together, not alone. 
And I believe those last words that I will be with you always are, are very comforting words because sometimes we're a little fearful about trying to share our faith, but we go out there with the promise that He is going to be with us always. Now, I never can read Matthew 28 and verse 20 without thinking of a sister in Christ some years ago coming up to me and telling me that, Brother Allen, I'm, I am never going to fly, never going to fly in a plane. Well, why? Well, it's because of what Jesus said. And, lo, I am with you always. So she spelled it L-O-W. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the close of the age. Well, uh, okay, if you want to take it in that way, you know, that's fine. But I think, again, he is going to be with us always. So what does that mean for all of us who are sitting in these pews this morning? Well, I think we must do our very best to contact people, to try to establish some sort of relationship with them. We, we endeavor to teach people about Christ. We're hoping to lead them to conversion. And then we continue to teach them to observe all things that Jesus commanded. The great commission. Go, therefore, and teach the disciples and baptize them and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you and I will be with you always. Then number two, there is the great command. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognized that he had answered them well. Ask him, what commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, that you shall love your neighbors yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. When I look at Jesus in the gospel, it seems to me that he was passionate about at least a couple of things. And it seems to me that here are two things that made his heart race. One was the will of God. In John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I think that tells me that he was very passionate about the Father's will. That's my food. My food is to do his will and to accomplish his work. And in Gethsemane, you recall his prayer, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I can't always imagine the father hearing that prayer of his son and father if it's possible let this cup pass from me but nevertheless not my will but your will be done and then Jesus was passionate about people he said that he had come to seek and to save those who were lost. And I believe a good summary of those two things for which Jesus demonstrated genuine passion is found in the verses that I read from Mark chapter 12. And in these verses, Jesus affirms or defines the what? Love. That's the badge of discipleship. That is in some ways the final apologetic. 
And there is great power in love. Now, I realize there are other elements that make up the Christian faith. But love, of course, is at the head of that list. Paul said, now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The who, God, and our neighbor. The how, loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving God wholeheartedly. And I believe that Jesus is making room for all kinds of people in his kingdom when he said that. Some of us, and in my 50-plus years of ministry, I've encountered different people with with different backgrounds, uh, different personalities. And and some I, I saw as primarily feelers, loving God with all the heart and the soul. Some were primarily thinkers, loving God with all the mind. Some were primarily doers, loving God with all the strength. And I believe that we need to be passionate about growing in all of those areas, the feelers, the thinkers, and the doers. But loving God wholeheartedly, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then loving our neighbors as ourselves. On those two commandments, Jesus said, hang, depend the law and the prophets. And then there is the great commitment. Romans chapter 12. Paul in those first 11 chapters has been talking about some of the great doctrines of the Christian faith. And as he begins chapter 12, he's going to talk about the duties that we have in response to those great doctrines. And this is how he begins Romans 12 verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice holy or acceptable to God, which is a spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the ring of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Note four things from these verses. The appeal. I urge you. I beseech you. I beg you. I implore you. I mean, that first, those first few words can be translated in some of those ways. But that is the appeal. Paul, I'm urging you. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. The basis of the appeal? The mercies of God. How great and powerful are God's mercies. So I'm appealing to you on the basis of God's mercy. And the nature of the appeal is that we be living sacrifices. Now that sacrifice is to be holy, which I believe entails a life that is dedicated to God, a life that is disciplined by God, and a life that is distinctive for God. And then the result of the appeal, the spiritual service of worship. Worship like we are engaged in this morning as we have gathered together to sing, to pray, to encourage, to build up each other in the faith. But spiritual worship also includes ministry to others, not being conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And above all else, our desire is to do the will of God. So we might summarize by saying a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will build 
a great church. Jesus reminded his disciples there in Acts 1 that they were to be his witnesses. And he said, that begins in Jerusalem and then Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now for Paul, that may have included, that may have where he ended up, his ministry there in the great city of Rome, but he went to a number of different places. But it's interesting that Jesus emphasized that you'll be my witnesses where? First of all, in Jerusalem. So we are witnesses, first of all, where? Right here in Mobile, Alabama. And I'm thankful to be part of a church that is trying to share the good news of Christ in other parts of our world. And that's, that's a blessing to have fellowship in those works as, as we attempt to spread the good news of Christ uh, to others. But it must begin right here. So we are to be his witnesses, and it begins right, right here. In Acts 5, verse 20, the disciples were told, Go, stand, and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. And you recall there in the sections of Acts that the disciples were often told not to be preaching or teaching anymore. They were put in prison. Several things were, were happening here. But here, these words to them, what you need to do is you go, you stand, and you speak to the people of the temple the whole message of this life. So three powerful imperatives there. Going is an imperative, not optional. Standing suggests that we take a firm stand, a firm, strong stand for the truth of the gospel and speak. The gospel is to be proclaimed both publicly and from house to house. Go, stand, and speak. The Great Commission the great commandment and the great commitment. Now those are, are three areas when where I believe that we can certainly use the word great. And I just pray that each of us here today will go out there this week and try to do our best to fulfill that great commission, to demonstrate that great commandment, and to have that great commitment every day that we live. And I pray that God will provide us opportunities to share this good news. And so this is some good news. And when we hear that good news, I hope that our tendency and our desire is to go out there and tell someone about that. And as was announced, we had that good news yesterday of little Thomas, the sixth grader, who was baptized into Christ. And what a thrill that was to witness his decision to commit his life to Christ. And that's the kind of thing when that happens, we want to share that good news with as many people as we possibly can. So let's do our best to fulfill the Great Commission and to practice that great commandment and to daily demonstrate that great commitment. That commitment that he demonstrated for us. And that's what he's asked us to demonstrate 
for him. He is our example, of course. He's the one who gave it all. And any time there is something in me that I don't know if I can continue on or I have, have some doubts, I always have to take my mind and my eye back to the cross. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He didn't give up. And I'm not going to give up. And I thank him every day for what he was willing to do for us. And that's the good news that I want to go out there and share with as many people as I possibly can. But if there's anyone today who is ready to respond to the gospel of Christ through faith, repentance, baptism, we hope that you'll come and make that decision. If there's anyone here today who desires the prayers of the congregation, and we hope those prayers can help you, can strengthen you, can help you rededicate your life you know, to him, then we're here to offer up that prayer on your behalf. So if we can serve you, encourage you, help you in any way, would you please let us know how as we stand together and sing.